Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. It's Shelby and I here today. We're super excited to dive into this episode. And this episode is about spicy coaching. And Shelby, you coined this term. Can you tell us more about how you chose that description of this kind of coaching that we're going to talk about today? Of course. Yeah, I was just telling I was just telling Laura before this podcast. I was like, I feel like spicy coaching is the term I get to leave with the <laughs> the the coaching community. And I I guess this this term was born from my own pursuit to want to be a spicy or more direct coach. Uh, it was like early 20 or late 2020, to be honest, a while ago that I was like, I'm leaving opportunity for my clients on the table by not honing the skill for myself because I was afraid to, mm. to make people mad, which we'll get into, <laughs> we'll get into that a little later. Um, and I, Oh, I was wanting to go outside of the nurse coaching bubble to receive support around this. And I actually ended up, if you guys don't know who Preston Smiles is, uh, it's Preston Smiles on Instagram. He's also a life coach and he is one of the spiciest mother effers I have ever been in the presence of. And <laughs> there was just, he he's equal parts triggering and motivational for me. And I was like, there's something here. Like if you're able to walk that line, I want to know more. So um, that's kind of who this is inspired by this term. Um, I have no idea why Preston would be listening to this, but just in case he is, this is meant as a highest compliment that he is a spicy coach. Um, but the way that I kind of define it is this determination to be able to walk right up to the line of discomfort with your clients to challenge their limiting beliefs and their perspectives to be most importantly, very direct and very bold and very intentional with your words to where you don't over explain and make it fluffy so that it lands all right. Um, but 
also trusting that your clients have the ability to receive your feedback with positive intent. That is likely what they've invested in, right? They've invested in you to challenge them. And um, yeah, so that's, that's where this term was born. It's something that uh, I really don't feel like I've been able to step into honestly until like, gosh, the past few months. And I'll, we can, I'll share a little bit more about that later. Uh, But I've been on the pursuit of it for a really, really long time. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the only time I've been on the receiving end of really spicy coaching was two times, one with uh, my first coach and one with Steve Hardison. And both triggered me. Um, But a trigger is such an important response because it's shows us where the gold is. If you're getting triggered by something your coach is saying in, instead of reacting, like it's super freaking curious mm-hmm. because there, if there's no trigger, then there's you've probably figured that part out and you're getting triggered. Like that's like flashing lights, like, hey, Laura, like this is exactly where you need to be. Get super curious about the emotions, about the anger, about the sadness, about the shame, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, where did it come from? What are we, what are we going to do with it? How are we going to transmute it and transform it? So I always appreciate being called out. I I would love to have I haven't had anyone call me out on my fitness journey or my nutrition journey. Like I, I would love to hire a spicy ass diet like a dietary coach. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? What are you paying me for? Don't even show up next week. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like there's a need, right? There's like our ego wants, just like a child wants to be have boundaries and rules and like that show like that's sometimes the highest amount of love as a parent we can have for a child is to create boundaries and in coaching we can do that same thing it's like a really loving thing to do to take a risk to serve your client totally totally and i think that we owe it to our client right like i i heard a phrase once i'm sure it was from preston again to where if your client is happy with you 100% of the time, then you're doing it wrong, right? Then your friends, they're not, you're not coaching. You're not um, really sinking into, to that vulnerable work. And I do think that there is a little bit of an art to this, right? Like, oh, to have the tact and the skill to be direct and it land the way it's intended and not to land uh, a tacky or like you're pointing the finger at someone or shaming, you know, like there is a difference between between those two things. Right. Um, I know this is so basic, but having agreements, there's no one, no other coach does that besides nurse coaches. That is something completely unique to nurse coaching in general. Like I've hired lots of coaches that aren't nurse coaches and setting the agreement, setting up the container is not something that anyone else has done. And I mentioned this Mm. because creating agreements, that's where we create the safety to be direct and uh, to be spicy, um, that agreement to receive with positive intent covers all the bases for for what we're going to cover next. And sometimes you have to revisit this agreement, right? Sometimes it can get to where you forget <laughs> that you made this agreement. But it um, yeah. for anyone who's having the response of like, "Ooh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't want to upset anybody." Like, remember what people are actually investing in here. They're not investing in yeah. you being their friend. They're investing to be challenged in, in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting that you say about agreements because 
um, it, my first coach was super big on agreements, but I think that there's like different arms of coaching. And I think that, you know, we were both in nurse coaching, definitely it's just part of what we learn. And then there's different arms of coaching where agreements versus expectations and agreements in general are taught and it's like a big part of it. And I was blessed my first coach did that. But in other coaches, you're right. Like we didn't go over agreements, Mm -hmm. um, what to expect, um, what can you expect from me? Uh, Very rarely do did anybody elicit feedback from us, like from me, like, how does this landing, how is it going? And we could probably do more of that. I know we do it towards the end of our programs, but all of that creates the safety from which you have the latitude to use any tool possible to serve your client. One of them being showing up in a more masculine, direct, spicy way in service to your client. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that as newer nurse coaches, this is something you get, you, you go, we kind of lean into the edge and it goes well. And you're like, cool. And you lean into the edge again and it goes well. Cool. You keep leaning into that edge with different clients at different times. And then eventually you lean into it and it doesn't go well. Yeah. Like I haven't had that happen too many times, but, but, but also like normalizing that if in like what Preston was saying, if, if your clients aren't every once in a while getting triggered or having a negative feeling from something that you're doing, then you're playing it too safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ooh, I feel like I have put my foot in my mouth more than you have, Laura, uh, around this. And, <laughs> and it's kind of hard for me to say that I wish I did those things differently because they were such a learning experience for both me and my client. So just know that that's gonna happen, right? You're gonna, you're gonna find the line and you're gonna inch over it. Again, you have the agreements to receive with positive intent. Um, We also have the agreement in our group to where like, if something doesn't land well, it is not my responsibility to read your mind. It is your responsibility to clear like to bring it up so that we can clear the air, right? Um, But the the handful of times that I have found the line and, and stepped over it, what I have found helps to heal and mend and repair that relationship is one get on a call ASAP and talk about it in real time. Texting is never the place to heal a boundary that's been bumped up against. So, and just owning your part, right? Like doing a true apology of, I am sorry that what I said made you feel X, Y, and Z. That was definitely not my intent, but I do want to acknowledge that it made you feel that way. Um, And I mean, 90% of the time, this has been able to find resolve, right? Like our, our clients are able to be say things like, uh, you know, I know it wasn't your intent to be mean, or I know it wasn't your intent to X, Y, and Z. Um, It was just hard to hear in that moment. Um, But that's the way that I have, uh, cleared the air with clients in the past where we've, we -hmm. found the edge, but a lot of times, you know, whenever we lean into the spicy edge and really challenge our clients, um, it might be a week, it might be a month, it might be three months, but they're like, it's like a seed, a really big seed that gets planted and it's uncomfortable at first, but as our clients sit with it, as things evolve over time, they're like, oh, I can, I can reflect back on that moment. And I'm so grateful that you gave me that feedback, or I'm so grateful that you stepped in there and challenged my, yeah. my limiting belief or, um, and I can even remember with my first coach, she wasn't into agreements. Um, and she's 
very direct and very spicy. And for some reason that didn't bother me too much in the beginning. Um, but I remember there were several calls where she would say things to me and it would make me so mad. And then I would come back to the call the next week and be like, Hey, what you said really pissed me off. However, I sat with it. I journaled about it. I kind of, I unpacked it. I would call Laura sometimes and be like, you won't believe what she told me. And well, first I was able to get really curious why that pissed me off. Right. And then I was able to shift like, okay, she was saying that because she was taking a stand for my vision when I wasn't was every time that she made me mad. (laughs) It usually boiled down to that, to where she was taking a stand for my vision and I was playing small. So did I ever once feel personally attacked by her? No, not, not ever, not, not once. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that's, well, let me ask you this, Shelby. Do you feel personally attacked in your life ever? I mean, cause this is what I'm curious about this and I, we're going to so off the cuff right now, but like, I don't usually feel personally attacked at all anywhere because of my perception of the world. But I I know there's particular clients that do feel personally attacked by people at work, by people. In, so is that mm. your personality type or <sighs> tell me more about yeah, that? Yeah, I wish I could say that I never feel personally attacked, but it's just not true. Um, not true. Okay. Not true yet. Um, I'm thinking of an experience that you and I had recently with someone that we were working with. And there was in the heat of the moment in those discussions where I did feel personally attacked. However, yeah, when I was able to step back outside of that conversation, there was more perspective and a breath of air and I didn't. Um, so I would say it's pretty temporary, right? It's not like a, a badge that I wear all the time. Um, however, I have noticed and in my own people pleasy healing journey that I had a tough time being the spicy coach because I was so afraid of hurting people's feelings and them being mad at me. Like I just walked on eggshells for so, Oh, forever. And I knew I was doing it, which was like actually the most frustrating bit. (laughs) Um, But I was very relentless in being really curious about that for like a year and a half. And I feel like I've just recently had some pieces of the puzzle float together on why that was such a repeatable pattern for, for me and why that held me back. Mm. Um, but as far as feeling attacked or like someone is picking on me, I can't say, I can't say that I do. And, um, yeah. at least not, not long-term temporarily. Yes. But not, not long-term. Um, I'm trying to think of like, before I came a coach, if that was a case, now that I'm reflecting a little bit before coachy mindset stuff and the possibility of perspective shifts for me, I would say, yes, there, there were a few people in my life that I had a really big story around about how they hurt me, how they like, I'm thinking of previous relationships, right. To where I completely took the seat of victim mentality and um, believe it or not, like even as a new coach, healing healing that part was actually a really big part for me because I had to like let some of that go and also own that I was a problem in that equation (laughs) 
as well to where before before yeah. that it that wasn't the case um so did that answer your question that was like the most roundabout way of getting there no well it's so good because that's another what i was thinking of is that when we work with clients that's something we can assess about them like if we notice that they take a lot of things personally with their partners with their employers with their coworkers with the world like we that's just an observation we can make about their current state yeah. right and so maybe us towing the line would be different cuz we're doing this unconscious assessment as opposed to somebody who's like radically self ownership you can they're just not a victim in many areas of their life there's you can sense a readiness too in the way that you can show up with different people in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I asked that because even in, in our earlier coaching conversations, if we asked a client, do you feel personally attacked in your life in any, any way right now or have you in the past? Like even just getting that assessment tool could help um, how we show up. And I think that we do this, I think that I, I know I do this probably subconsciously because my spicy is different for everybody. Even in a group container of eight, I'm, I know who I can come out in a, in a certain way that will take it and like run with it mm -hmm. and other people I have to say in another way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, I 100, I don't think I 100% agree with you there, but there is, I think being a spicy coach 100% of the time is not necessarily the goal. Um, it's like, it's a, it's another skill right. to have in your tool belt to leverage, but with, with some clients and also depending on the work that you're doing, like I know we have a lot of clients that are really into trauma healing and trauma work might not be the right move to come in super hot right off the bat when you're yeah. building rapport, right? Just based on the type of work that you're doing. However, based on what I know about the work with those clients, there are times where they do lean into being more direct and calling them out on BS patterns, which is necessary. Um, again, it's kind of like being a, a new nurse and you are, it's like you're learning to just talk to different people, right? You're learning to build rapport with different people. You're learning when you can be super bold and call out Mr. Bob for eating McDonald's after he's just had a heart attack, or <laughs> you're not going to go at it with the same energy as your yeah. little grandma who just had a heart attack. Right. You know, like it's, um, it's a skill that you learn over time. And just as perspective, like it's taken me until this year to feel confident in this skill. Like since the very beginning, this has been yeah. something I've tried, tried to grow for myself and it's, it feels good to finally be here, but it's taken forever. It's taken forever. Well, and it spills over to all of our interpersonal relationships too, because there's a, a directness I have with my relationship with my husband that is so useful and powerful and it doesn't feel risky anymore um, from that I learned from coaching. Mm. I mean, this is a skill that you can, being a spicy person, mm. It's not even just a spicy coach, right? It's like finding ways to be direct at the right time in the right way when it's really, really important in service to the person and or the relationship or situation. So it's like, coaching skills carry over to like every area of your life, um, except for in every other area of your life, people aren't paying you for transformation. Yeah. So there's an ethical responsibility 
in our containers because people are paying us (laughs) to say the uncomfortable thing. Right. Yeah. And if you are still not buying into that mentality yet, like think about if you hired a coach and you had a giant blind spot that you just couldn't see, like you just literally had no awareness about it. And then your coach saw it clear as day, but was too afraid to point it out to you because they were worried it was going to hurt your feelings. Would you rather know? And like, this was a thing getting in the way of all of the stuff. Right. Um, Like I, again, I know I'm mentioning people pleasing a lot. It's just been such a thing, but like I had a coach call me out on a sales call of like, I was like, I want to be, this is when I was interviewing to be in Preston's container. I was like, I want to be a spicy coach. I want to learn the techniques on how you do that. I want to witness other people being coached powerfully so that I can like absorb how to do that tactfully. And he's like, well, tell me why you're not able to do that now. And I was, I can't even remember what I said. He's like, Oh, so you're a people pleaser. And I was like, Nope. And he goes, yep. And he popped off. He popped off like five reasons why, how I was showing up for my clients was, not in service to them and was only in service to myself and my own feelings. And y'all, I just was like (sighs) mind blown open on a sales call. Like it was, and that, I mean, since that day, (laughs) my life has been different. Truly. My life has been different. It's just like a big old, a big door of that closet. I didn't even know was in my house. (laughs) Someone opened the door and turned on the light and was like, here's, here's your new batch of skeletons to address. And I was just like, Oh shit (laughs) like I don't it was so yeah and and like of course he served me so powerfully on that call that I would have paid him anything in that moment to be in that space um but like Mm. it can really be that profound for people to be to to not play small here and to again walk walk the line with with the people that have hired you to do that spicy coaching in itself is an art form, but I think the more nuanced aspect of it is where it's coming from. Because if it's coming from a place of love, of like unconditional love and service to your client, it's going to, then it's always the right move. If it's coming from a, another place and I'll share a personal story, then it can be the wrong move. So I just went through a cross country move the couple weeks uh, leading up to that final transition were not super fun. I had a high level of irritability. I was dysregulated. I was living out of suitcases, staying at my in-laws. I had two kids that were having emotional responses separated from my husband at times. And it's just, I knew that I wasn't hitting on all four cylinders. And so in, I still coached, I still served powerfully, but I could sense my, uh, me wanting to go spicy faster because of my own um, irritability. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my, I didn't have the patience for the for the the limiting belief of the client. So I had to be really aware of how I showed up that week because it could have come from another place. It could have come from a place of judgment yeah, and not from a place of unconditional love. And I think that that is where we get to have control. As long as our intention is it's not that we're fed up. It's not that we're irritated. It's not that we're we're over this client and their stories. It's like, hey, I love you so much and I believe in you so much. I'm going to say the thing mm-hmm. and it's okay if you get upset with me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there's like this gut check we have to do with where we're coming from because I could have coached really spicy that week and it actually would have been in service to me, not in service to my client. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You had some, I remember that week when you were like, I just have to be really careful. <laughs> the, the next few calls that I have. <laughs> uh, and yeah. And I mean, it's just so key to leaving your own BS at the door, right? Like it's, it's, it's yeah. imperative. And um, why do you think you were able to do that, Laura? Because like I, before, I mean, that makes complete sense to me now. And when you said it, I was like, oh yeah, that your bandwidth is just maxed out. So of course, like that all, that all, yeah. Up. But um, I can't say that that was something necessarily on my radar before you said it out loud of like, where is this coming from? Did you learn that from somewhere or is that just your own yeah. genius? Oh, probably my own genius, <laughs> Shelby. But uh, no, I, I don't. Probably from some book. Like, who knows? Like, I don't think there's any original thought. But I think that in, the canary in the mind for me is how I parent mm. and how I treat my husband. Um, so if I'm short with my kids and I'm short with my husband and then I'm going into a full day of coaching, uh probably need to do a little bit of, of of a gut check and whatever I need to do to to show up. And then what's so funny is that after I coach from that place, then I usually go out and, and have a lot of patience with my husband and have a lot of patience with my kids. Mm. So for me, I think it's just being aware of the state that I'm in. And then also coach, we're going to be uh, doing a podcast with my coach, Jessica, next week. So I'm super excited about that. But even just my last session with Jessica, it was like, hey, we know this is going to be hard. We know this is testing you emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Like this is not, we're not under, under any illusions that this transition is going to be painless. And how can you show up for the most compassion for yourself and still show up as a really powerful coach? And so I, I think it was just awareness because there's a space in my coaching call to have an awareness of hey, the next two weeks are going to be tough or doing a check-in. Like, I just think it's that constant practicing of being aware of self before choosing how to show up for your client. And that can be 30 seconds before your, your, before your Zoom call starts. Like, I don't have to do a 20-minute meditation to show up for my clients. Like, I take 30 seconds. I sit. I get grounded. There's a state that I can get into really, really fast um, now. And I trust her. I trust that state. Mm, yeah. Super powerful. Now, if we could, I should do that in, in every other area of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll trust her everywhere <laughs> at all times. Oh man, yeah, that's a that's a high a high expectation to just like be <laughs> on all the time, man. It would be cool. It would be really cool, though. Yeah, I can't wait to to interview your coach next week. Um, Cause I can just, even now that you mention it, like how long did you work with her about a year or so? Um, it's, we've been a year, we've been a year. Like, I think we're coming to our, an end, but we've been a year yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, since you've been working with her, there's been like, you've opened up an extra awareness or an extra capacity just for work and life yeah. and all the things. Um, so which all to be yeah. said also she's awesome, but he's a super spicy coach as well. <laughs> so which it'll be fun to have her. It'll be fun to have her on. Yeah. Um, 
and, but that that kind of leads to our next point, right? Of if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, how do I be, how do I lean into my own edge here? How do I do that? And it circles back to what we say all the time of you cannot take your clients here. You cannot be this coach for your clients until you are on the receiving end of some spicy direct coaching yourself, right? You have to experience this for yourself. Yeah. So this is another plug to hire the coach, do the thing, jump into the deep end and be willing to open yourself up to be challenged in this way. Yeah. Well, and also even when you and I have done spicy coaching or we've had clients that want to quit and we're, we're just like unsure of how to move, what path do we move forward? Something happens unexpected. Maybe a client gets a fun, you know, like all the things that can happen. Yeah. And you and I have each other, but we also have our own coaches. So I think that too, when you're in your own container and you're starting to play with this new identity of how can I show up as a spicy coach? How can I show up in this new way that making sure you have a mentor to say, to bounce, like to reflect Mm -hmm. and that understands this, this isn't something a lot of people can understand. You know, I think I mentioned on my, the podcast last week about my husband thinking I was rude one day when I was asserting my boundaries over having like small talk with this lady at the gymnastics camp. And it's like, he wouldn't have been a good person for me to reflect on that because it was actually a personal win and he was (laughs) perceiving it as being rude. So also having like your, your own people that know what you're working on. So you can debrief. Mm -hmm. If you get up to a line and you have an, an unexpected outcome that you have someone that you can lean on to say, how do I move forward in integrity and in service? Um, it just, it's so much easier to be spicy when you feel supported. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I, <laughs> I think about the times of when I walked up to the edge and stuck my foot in my mouth with clients, or I walked up to the edge and it just didn't land super well with clients, how it would spark such a physical response in me. Like my face would get red. I would get, yeah. I was just like the feeling of someone not liking me was so big in my system. I could have like puked. It was so overwhelming. Um, And I had two coaches that do different things and could help me process in different ways. One of them would help me process like somatically, right? Like addressing the feelings that are coming up on my body, making space for them. And then the other, the other coach I was working with would, um, help me find my lane and stand in it and be okay. Uh, but like, I'm just thinking of this year alone, like the amount of times where I was scrambling to get on a one-on-one session with both of them just to help me process these moments. I wouldn't have been able to evolve as quickly and, and find comfort in being spicy as quickly had I not had them as a resource. Uh, so again, yeah. I've also seen some coaches, like we have... Um, Oh, she's been on our podcast, so I, I feel comfortable saying her name here. But Amy Colombo is, like, beautifully direct. Like, I've, I've watched her coach. I've watched her do a sales call. And I'm just obsessed with her and the way that she is able to deliver the truth. Like, it is really powerful to witness the way she does things. Yeah. And so I do think that some people are just... I don't know what they're born with or what they're not born with or what they've worked on in the past, but, like there are some coaches that just like naturally perceived naturally have this gift. Um, but it is, yeah. uh, if, if you're sitting on the other end, listening to this and you're like, I don't know where to even begin. That's okay. I didn't either. Like it's, you're allowed to not know where to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, and then there's like so much unlearning too, because I don't know, like one of my triggers is telling little kids to be nice. Mm-hmm. Like I was told to be a nice girl and like nice girls aren't spicy and nice girls don't say things that make people uncomfortable. And like unlearning that, like that as a coach, we can't be nice. Like nice is is not good coaching. Nice is the opposite of coaching. Mm-hmm. You can be kind. Right. You can be loving, but don't, you can't be nice. Like you have to drop the nice girl aspect of yourself or nice guy aspect of yourself when you show up in a container, because that is not your job to be nice. Your, your job is to be kind. Your job is to be compassionate. And your job is to tell the compassionate truth, mm-hmm. which sometimes can be spicy. Yeah. In fact, most of the time, I would argue if you are sharing or expressing some compassionate truth, it is most most of the time super direct. Um, and I just think even still, like on all of the times where I have received direct feedback or compassionate truth or someone's called me on my BS, you know, like I'm so grateful for all of that. There's not ever an instance to where that wasn't a learning experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's the highest level of service, really. It's the highest level of service to be willing to go and waddle into the uncomfortable with your client. Yeah. It's I think that a, a coach's job description could be listed as uh, uh, we journey in the uncomfortable together and then we like set up camp in uncomfortable together. Like we don't avoid uncomfortable. We don't skirt uncomfortable. We don't half-ass uncomfortable. We just like march straight into the woods and we set up a tent and we hang out there until it's not uncomfortable anymore. And right, yeah, again, I I just feel so deeply about this topic uh, that we are selling our clients short if we don't pull this tool out of the tool bag every once in a while and be the loving mirror for our clients that we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I remember being in Steve Hardison's office and in my two-hour session with him and him standing up and yelling at me. I don't remember what he was yelling at me, but it was a, a compassionate truth about who I am. Mm. And I remember crying. It was the most loving thing anyone's ever done for me, like in the way that he did it. So there's this way of yelling at your client of like changing Mm. state of like shocking them out of their, their slumber. And, but you're so loving when you do it, that it can't land wrong. Mm -hmm. Like there's just that. I mean, I feel like he's the ultimate. And so just being on the receiving end of that really changed me too, of um, nothing's off the books. Like there's nothing that you can't do to serve your client. You can get super creative. You could do a mindfulness. You could do a dance party. You could, um, there's, there's all sorts of creative exercises you could do to, to get to the spicy state that you want to be in. Um, and we get to fall in love with that process of finding out how we do that for ourselves and for our clients. And today I did a preceptorship call and I said, everybody give me feedback, but we're, I'm going to come in hot and intentionally. And is everybody cool with it? And everyone was like, got all excited. They're, they were smiling. Mm-hmm. They were excited. It was different. Um, so even just asking your clients, hey, I know I got a little intense there. How did that feel? Yeah. Like you can even do a check-in with them right on the call. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I love this too. And I look forward to becoming spicier. Like I know there's a version of Laura 10 years from now that this is a watered down version of, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think that like, like everything else, right. It's a skill that you sharpen. So over time you just, I, I what I yeah. love. So when I was a new coach, I would look at other more seasoned coaches and they would just be able to listen to like four words out of someone's mouth and be able to call out the bullshit pattern like immediately. And I was like fascinated by that. You know, I was just, how do you know what I was going to say? Like, even though you interrupted me and cut me off, you still knew exactly what I was going to say. I was just like blown away by that skill. And, um, to where like in, in 10 years from now, you know, I can't wait to see how much better we are at being direct and being like, I've done this for so long that you can just say like, five words and I'll be like, Nope, I know where that thought's going. We're just going to cut it off right there. We're not even going to entertain it. Like I, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to continue to develop that. Yeah. It, because I think as coaches, we, we are studying the human condition, you know, like you and I coach, I don't know how many hours a week now I probably coach two, four, six, Eight, maybe 12 hours a week, mm-hmm. uh, including application calls, maybe, tw- or maybe, yeah, maybe 12 hours a week, but 12 hours a week, 52 weeks out of them, you know, 52 weeks a year for five years. Yeah. There's, you know, you start to see patterns in someone's mannerisms, in their words that they choose, in the way that they talk, in their body language. And so it's, I think it's pattern recognition too over time, which is why coaching your butt off is the fastest way to become a better Mm -hmm. coach. I mean, the more hours you spend observing humanity in all of its forms and all of its emotions and all all of the predictable beliefs that we have as humans, um, because these coaches, these master coaches, they've coached so many hours that they're, they they probably, it's almost intuitive. Mm -hmm. They probably don't even know that they're doing Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It was... It's, I oh. love watching people in their mastery. Yeah, it's so, so cool. badass. It's, it's like my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite. It's so good. It's so good. And uh, this will be the last plug I do for Mr. Preston Smiles today, but I have one more story to, to share. <laughs> um, so whenever you join Preston's groups, like he hosts a really big call once a week with like hundreds of people. And then you have your smaller little bubbles that you're a part of that um, he isn't there's other lead coaches that are, that run those groups. And I don't exactly remember how I got like a one-on-one session with him, but I did. And Laura, I don't know if you remember this, but I like lost sleep. I, I like, I can even, my body right now is even feeling like anxious remembering this, this call that I had with him because I was, cause I just seen in the past how he, again, that skill of being able to just like know someone's bullshit before it even leaves their mouth. And I was like, he's going to see something that I don't and he's going to make me feel bad. Like I was so <laughs> worried about it. And um, I can't even remember what I wanted to be coached on by him. Like uh, it was just so unimportant at the time. But um, I got on the call and uh, he's like, okay, Shelby, like, you know, what can, what's been coming up for you? What can we, what can we spend 15 minutes on? And I was like, 
I, again, I don't even remember what I said, uh, but I had my my purple glasses on. If you've ever been on a call, I wear my purple glasses all the time. And I was, I was like presenting a case study of myself. It was very clinical because I wanted to not have any emotion <laughs> around him. <laughs> and because I didn't want him to see any weak spots. And he's like, Shelby, I know that you're putting up a lot of protective like defense mechanisms right now because you're talking about yourself like you're not here you're wearing these like really prim and proper and preppy glasses that you're hiding behind to boost your confidence and i was like (laughs) yeah holy shit you're right um and it was i mean it was really intense really quick it was like super hot and then he's like why are you really here today you know like what what is actually going on and this was not too long after my heart surgery and uh, Preston also has some heart condition. I don't know the specifics of, but he, in that moment, he was just like, I hear, I hear all of this like loud noise, this loud chatter. But he's like, with what you have going on, he's like, you have to work on creating safe space everywhere. And Laura, I don't even remember whatever else he said on that call. I just know that he called me out on my glasses and he told me to create safe space everywhere. And that's what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> like that's literally, that's literally it. I know. And then, uh, it was just so, again, that was a 15 minute conversation. He called out my bullshit right away. And then he was really loving and caring to me on the back end. And it'll be, yeah. it'll be something I remember forever. Right. It'll be cause he was just able to yeah. like hear all of the, again, not important. Cause I can't even remember it. He was able to hear all this just mumbo jumbo. And he was like, I can tell that you don't feel safe. People with heart conditions have to create safe space everywhere. And I was like, Yep. That's all I needed. (laughs) That's all I needed to hear. So, um, it was, oh man, it's so funny to me. I'm like sweating, remembering that memory. I'm like, Oh, that was just so, Mm. that was so intense. Um, so it's, again, I think that some of my most insightful moments for my own personal journey have been, have come through spicy, spicy coaching moments delivered in very short amount of time. (laughs) 10 minutes or less, to be honest. Yeah. So, and when we sell coaching, we aren't selling the minutes spent with us. We're selling the insights. Mm-hmm. Like, we hire coaches, like that, however much you spent for Preston's program, like just that aha, that experience you had in that 15 minutes was worth however many thousands of yeah. dollars. Yeah. I think it was, I think his program was like six grand for 10 weeks. It was really, I mean, super short, super powerful. Um, but yeah, I, it was worth that, that very brief one-on-one it forever changed. Like my pivot from that moment has changed everything for me. So, uh, just another experience in the bag, right. Of, of why this is so important. Yeah. And it's also like why I feel comfortable commanding higher prices for my coaching because, Maybe it's only two insights that the client has, but I guarantee you they'll have a pivot and their life will be different moving forward. Just like that 15 minute conversation with Preston was. And I think over time you start to see that, trust that. And that's where charging higher rates is the next natural place for you to Mm -hmm. go because of the value that you create in people's lives when they spend time with you. And spicy coaching is necessary to step into that level of mastery and then spicy versions of ourselves in every relationship in our life is how we step into personal mastery mm-hmm. too. So I think it's way bigger than just a coaching technique. It's a way of being that we get to learn while we're doing our job. Yeah. 
yeah, so true. So true. And I think like even just in, in the same vein of relationships, being able to have a really spicy relationship with yourself is the ultimate goal, right? To be able to call yeah. yourself out on your own BS and your own limiting beliefs. Like this is, it just goes, it goes everywhere. Yeah. Mm. So Laura, anything awesome. Anything else? We've gone super over <laughs> on this one. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anything else important to add? I guess I would just ask our listeners to imagine a, a moment where they knew they held back. Mm, yeah. Right. Like where there was, and we see this with our students in the nurse coach collective where, and that's really natural to hold back while you're learning, but it, like start noticing places where you held back and where you holding back was a disservice to your client. Yeah. And let that be the, your why. Mm -hmm. Like that can really propel you. We've, we've, we've talked about our experiences of holding back um, and how it haunted us. Yeah. And so let those be kind of like medication errors, right? Like in, as a nurse, when you make a medication error, you learn to not make medication errors by making medication errors. Mm -hmm. Learn to be a spicy coach by not being a spicy coach and seeing how it was in a disservice to your client and just chalk it up to your growth. It's a direction that we all get to lean into. Yeah. Um, that's all I would say about that. I think this might be one of our most important episodes for for people who really want to do this professionally. Totally. This is something that you're going to have to embody. Yes. Yes. People usually, eh, I, I feel confident in saying, people do not hire neutral coaches. Spiciness usually equals passion. Spicy no. usually equals confidence in what you do. It, it like bleeds over into all these other things. Um, and if you are hanging out in the middle of the road, it's just not where the money is. Um, people won't invest in that. So yeah. people are attracted to this, to this sort of thing, um, which is good news for all of us. Cause that's what we're here for. Um, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Awesome. Thank you everybody for listening to this extra long episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you want to come connect with us in our Facebook group, the successful nurse coaches, please come hang out. We would love to have you. And uh, stay tuned for our episode next week. You'll get to meet another spicy coach, uh, Jessica. We're really excited to have her on. And I feel like I'm missing an announcement, Laura. What am I missing? <laughs> oh, well, by the time this this airs, we'll be full for the year. Uh, but our mentorship programs are probably full for the year when you're listening to this. However, we are enrolling for January now. And if you enroll now for January mentorship, you get to hang out in the preceptorship until you start. So we will have people getting a 17 month container for the, uh, the price of the mentorship. So I, I want to make that announcement because I just know there's been a lot of interest and we aren't running any more groups this year. We're starting next in January. Yeah. Yeah. Good announcement. All right, team. If you have any questions, you know where to find us. Come <laughs> hang out in the Facebook group. Shoot us an email. Let us know what you loved about this episode. We would love to hear your feedback. And we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.